Hey everyone, a happy, happy Halloween. So I don't know how you guys feel about this idea, but it actually just popped into my head today. I thought, what if I did a massive compilation of all the Halloween stories I did last year and this year, and all in one video? I don't know. I thought that would be pretty cool. So here we are. So here's over an hour of spooky Halloween stories. I also wanted to add that I'm actually going to leave this video completely unmonetized for the first 24 hours. There will be one sponsor that I do somewhere in the middle of the video, but other than that, it'll be completely ad-free, again, for the first 24 hours. Because it's Halloween, and I know you guys probably just want to chill and listen to these spooky stories without the constant interruptions of ads. So here you go. I really hope you guys enjoy it. I'll also leave the links to any of the other narrators featured in the video down below in the description. All that being said, Happy Halloween everyone, and I hope you enjoy. Oh, and of course, stay on. Okay, so it was finally my turn to take my kids trick-or-treating. The previous year it was my wife's and we trade back and forth like every year. My son and daughter are age 7 and 9. Usually I stay on the street while my kids go to the different houses to collect candy. After about a half an hour of walking around, we came to one of the more popular hotspots for candy collecting. A main street right in the neighborhood. Lots of really cool decorations and animatronics on people's lawns. So I became a bit distracted and I stopped watching my kids closely. At one point they had came back from a house accompanied by another girl about the same height as my daughter. She was wearing a really weird homemade mask, like some kind of cardboard cutout or something. My daughter then asked if she could go trick or treat with us. So I said sure and we carried on together as a group. I didn't know who this girl was, but I figured she was just a friend from school or something. As we continued, I started to notice a really large man trailing us. He was wearing some sort of angry cat mask. It was kind of creepy to be honest. I thought that maybe he was the father of the girl, so I tried to start up some small chat with him. I think I said something like, um, nice weather, huh? But he didn't respond. He just stood there staring at me while our kids went up the stairs to the next house. I tried again, then asking, Hey, is that your daughter? He then nodded, but he still didn't say anything. I figured he just wasn't in the mood for chatting, so I just stopped trying. We carried on for about another 15 minutes until suddenly my kids came up to me and said that they wanted to go home now. This really surprised me as we hadn't even been out for too long, and I mean their bags were only about a third full. In any case, I agreed. We then waved goodbye at the man in the cat mask as well as his daughter and then started on our way home. The really weird thing is that when I glanced back at the man and his daughter, they were just standing there staring at us. I went to check one more time as we turned the corner, and they were still standing there, not having moved at all. At this point, I decided to ask my kids, 
So, um, who was that girl? My daughter then looked up at me with a really confused look on her face. She's your friend, my daughter replied. Pretty confused, I asked her what she meant by that. Apparently the girl with the cardboard mask had approached my kids and said that she was a friend of mine. She then went on to tell my daughter that she was too shy to ask me if she could join us to trick or treat, and apparently she wanted my daughter to ask me instead. I laughed at the story and then replied to my daughter, why would you think she was my friend? I don't have any children friends. What my daughter said next absolutely chilled me to my bones. According to her, when the girl with the cardboard mask approached them the first time, she wasn't even wearing the mask, so they were able to see her face. As it turns out, she wasn't a girl at all, but actually an older woman around my age with wrinkles on her face. What's even more disturbing is that the old woman had started to steal treats from my daughter's bag apparently when I wasn't looking, and this is why they asked me to go home. This strange old woman was creeping them out and they just wanted to get away from her. I brought my kids home and I told my wife what happened. We made absolutely sure to check through all their candy but we never found anything suspicious or off. We didn't call the police or anything since, I mean, nothing really happened. But looking back on it, I really kind of regret that decision now. What the heck was that old woman doing? And who the hell was that man that was following us around? I don't think I'll ever know. I find it really sick that there's people out there on Halloween hiding behind masks pretending to be children. It's just sick. This happened almost a decade ago when I was 13 years old. I remember my friend and I were really excited about our first time trick-or-treating without our parents. We lived in a small town where nothing ever really happened, and we thought it would be the same that night. It started like any other Halloween night. We collected candy, ran into many of our classmates, and had a lot of fun. At about 8pm, we realized we had to head home, but on the way back, we dropped by our teacher's house. She wasn't home, and the street didn't really have many street lights. To add to this, most of the houses had their lights turned off, as well as their Halloween decorations being taken down. My friend and I were slightly spooked and really disappointed by the lack of candy. We wanted to get out of that street as soon as possible. That's when a man then emerged from under one of the street lights. It was a police officer. Neither one of us seemed to have noticed him before this, possibly due to the darkness. He really startled us, but he seemed really friendly. The cop introduced himself and then pointed to an inconspicuous bungalow. He said an older man living in this house was apparently inviting trick-or-treaters inside. Someone called the police, but when he arrived, no one was answering the door. He then kept telling us that his police car and partner were just around the block. We started to look around, but we couldn't see them. I was a pretty paranoid kid. Growing up, my mom always really loved watching crime shows, and she would always tell me these little tidbits of lessons. Well, one of these happened to be a story about fake cops. Although I don't really remember the details, I remembered that people can pretend to be police officers in order to gain trust. 
Throughout this whole exchange, I was terrified. His lack of badge, police car, and partner just didn't feel right to me. I was also really conflicted because he was smiling and he seemed like he just really wanted to help us. That is, until we then heard his really strange request. He said he needed to speak to this potential predator and he needed our help. Since we were young girls, the man would answer if we knocked. The officer claimed that he would hide behind the bushes next to the front door. He would wait for him to invite us in, jump out, and then catch him red-handed. Right at that moment, I knew that my friend felt the same way that I did. Now, we both fell silent, but one of us managed to ask if we could talk it out. The cop said yes, but told us we had a limited time. The street was silent, and he could hear everything. I remember the feeling of wanting to say something, but fearing he would hear us and then escalate the situation. We kind of just stared at each other for what felt like forever. The cop was getting increasingly impatient, and he told us we had to decide quickly. Around that moment, a family came down the street and noticed the officer. They were coming over to see what was happening. That's when the cop said that he'd be right back and to not go anywhere. My friend and I then scrambled to collect our thoughts and we decided to run away. We sprinted out of the street and we didn't look back. On our way back home, we had discussed theories that ranged from him being a fake cop, him playing a prank on us, or maybe him being a real cop but we misunderstood the situation. When we told our parents, we downplayed it a lot and doubted our experience. In the end, we didn't call the police, but our dad drove to the house as well as the area around the house. No cop cars or police officers were in sight. Over the years, I can definitely say I regret not calling the police. I mean, at the time, my friend and I were just convinced that we both misunderstood what happened. We even told our class the next day, and most, including our teacher, thought it wasn't alarming. Looking back, I find it extremely strange that a police officer would put two children in such a potentially dangerous situation. I really wonder what his motives were. But unfortunately, it'll remain unsolved. I guess that's just how it is. For a little background information on myself, I work for one of the largest haunted houses in the United States. My family has owned and operated this location for more than 30 years. I'm not going to say exactly where it is, but I will say that most people probably know it. The event I'm about to tell you happened around 2005. For more obvious reasons, October is one of our most busiest months. We often hire people that have worked for the haunted house before. And when we were short staff, we will ask the co-workers to see if they have anybody they know that would be interested in working for the season. So this particular Halloween event, we had going on, we were desperate for staff, as the town was having a large event, and it brought a crazy amount of traffic through our location, more than usual. Now, back in these days, we didn't really have Craigslist, or indeed to hire people. It was more word of mouth, or we could put an ad out on the newspaper. So with that being said, one day we have a man who was in his early 20s. His name is Joseph, and he appeared to be a drifter. Now, some of you that don't know what a drifter is, it's more or less just someone that's homeless, that likes to travel a lot. Now, this wasn't too uncommon in our town. It was kind of a hot spot for this kind of activity. 
I gave Joseph a pretty formal interview. I knew that he wouldn't have any documentation and offered to pay him under the table. Joseph had experience working with special effects and makeup. At least he said he did. So I didn't really question it. I told him what time to start and I paid him a little bit up front because he seemed to be a little bit down and it seemed like the right thing to do. Joseph was going to start Halloween day and would be doing the makeup on all the staff. Everybody seemed to be having a good time. Families were coming in, tickets were being sold. In about an hour into the event, I had a couple of regular employees come to me saying that they smelled something that resembled blood or like that of hard copper smell. If you've ever worked for a butcher or by a slaughter plant, you'll know what I'm talking about. I hadn't really thought about it at this point, but as soon as he mentioned to me, I also smelt it. It was very odory and strong, and as I passed by my employees, it became stronger. I noticed that my employees were covered in fake blood, but as I looked at it, the way it dried on their skin looked all too real. I asked them where they got this fake blood from, and almost simultaneously, they said Joseph. Now keep in mind, I'm trying to run this event, and we have close to 40 employees there, as well as close to 100 people walking around. But finally, I come up to Joseph, and I can see his hands covered in the same substance. As I approach him, the smell hits me like a brick wall. Now at this point, I know for a fact that it's actually real blood. I asked Joseph what the hell he thought he was doing, and within seconds, the man lost his shit. I mean, he absolutely screamed and yelled like somebody was stabbing him. Up until the point, he seemed so calm. Already, eyes were starting to look at us from around. And I was trying to calm down the situation to not start a panic. I told Joseph we could talk about the situation in my office. What he did next was something straight out of a horror movie. Joseph goes on to pick up the bucket that he was using, runs right past me and to the others into a large crowd of people, and tosses the bucket all over them. I just stood there with my jaw wide open, not really sure what to say or do. As I was trying to piece together everything that was happening, Joseph got away. I couldn't find him anywhere, all the while trying to comfort everyone, telling them all that it was just a joke, and another employee had called the police by this point. They arrived within a couple of minutes, and I had a lot of questions to answer, but no answers to give. The guy didn't give me any idea, so I couldn't tell him exactly what his real name was. All I knew was that it was Joseph. The only thing I could tell them was a brief description of him. He was tall, blinky. His skin seemed sun-dried and damaged despite his age. He had long black hair and, surprisingly enough, a perfect smile. They never did find out who it was or what his intentions were, nor did we ever find out where the blood came from, and I think it's the scariest part of the whole situation. This happened back in 2015. Let's get the obligatory backstory out of the way. I'm the eldest of three brothers. At the time, my brother Eli was seven and Danny was 12, and I had just turned 17 a week prior. My parents have always been a couple of party animals. Whenever the holidays would come around, they would always go out and have a few drinks with friends, leaving us home with a babysitter until I was about 14. Then it became my responsibility to watch after my younger brothers. There was this girl who was my age named Shelly who lived across the street from us. 
She had a brother named Charlie who was the same age as Eli, and they were very good friends. I used to have a crush on Shelly, but I never said anything to her because of the usual teenage awkwardness that we all go through. By the time I grew out of that stage, Shelly had already been through a few boyfriends. Now, I don't mean to sound mean or anything, but Shelly had horrible taste in men. She would always go for these wannabe gangster types. The type of loser who you'd see arguing with the desk clerk at the DMV. It was like these dipshits came off an assembly line or something. I swear, she'd drop one loser only to get with another guy who was exactly like the one she just dumped. Anyways, by the time I turned 17, I had gone through a pretty drastic physical transformation. I was much taller and stronger than most kids my age. My father is a very big man, 6 foot 4, 240 pounds, and it seemed that I was shaping up to become just like him. When I started becoming bigger, Shelly started coming around more and more, flirting with me and whatnot. I was always nice to her for the most part but I honestly had no interest in being in a relationship with her at that point. I mean, after seeing the kind of trouble she brought around. She was one of those girls who thought bragging about how she hung out with gang members and smoked weed was just so fucking cool. I found it to be repulsive and annoying. So the day before Halloween, I was working on fixing my dad's lawnmower. It had been giving us some trouble lately, and I was checking out the motor to see what the issue was. I was working in the garage and had the garage door open. It was simply just way too hot to be inside the garage with the door closed. I can't remember the exact reason, but I was in a bad mood that day. So when I looked over my shoulder to see Shelly standing there in a really skimpy outfit, I just instantly became aggravated. Hey, Mike. She had said in an irritating, seductive voice. I let out a groan under my breath before I responded. What's up, Shelly? Can I help you with something? Oh, I was just wondering if you wanted to go somewhere and have a little fun. Um, no thanks. I think I'm good. (laughs) Stop playing. I've seen the way you look at me. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, if you don't mind, I'm busy. At this point, I was beginning to lose my patience. Don't be that way. You know you want this. The only thing I want is for you to get the hell out of my garage. Isn't there some other dickhead you can bother? I couldn't believe I said those words as they left my mouth. I'm usually much nicer to her, but this was the first time she had ever come on to me. I knew it was going to happen sooner or later, but I didn't really plan on being so aggressive when I turned her down. Are you fucking kidding me? You're turning me down? Um, yeah. Can you please leave now? You idiot. You're gonna regret this. I just shook my head as I watched her stomp off. I didn't take her threat seriously. I just chalked it up to her not being able to handle rejection well, and then went about my day. The next night was of course Halloween. My parents were invited to an adults-only party. They told me that I was to take my brother's trick-or-treating and to not wait up for them, as they wouldn't be back until the next day. So I did what I was told, and I watched over Danny and Eli as they walked from house to house collecting candy. After about an hour, we saw a little boy in a ninja costume standing in the street. The boy was crying his eyes out and asking where his sister was. 
To my shock, the boy was Charlie, Shelly's younger brother. I asked him what happened. Charlie said that he was trick-or-treating with his sister, and that when he got back from getting candy from the house across the street, which had a really long driveway, his sister was nowhere in sight. I was pretty much instantly worried. I thought something might have happened to her, so I immediately called Charlie's mother, Shauna. Shauna was enraged upon hearing that Charlie was all by himself. She went on to say that her and Shelly got into this huge fight earlier that day because Shelly wanted to spend the evening with another boyfriend instead of taking her brother trick-or-treating. She suspected that Shelly ditched her brother then ran off with her boyfriend. I didn't want to get involved with this family drama, but I offered to watch after Charlie and take him trick-or-treating with my brothers around the neighborhood. Charlie and Eli were buddies after all. Shauna thanked me and she said that she would deal with Shelly as soon as she found out where she was. I thought it was pretty shitty for Shelly to ditch her brother and run off with some guy, but it wasn't my problem. I was just going to make sure that Charlie had a good time and then got back home safely. However, I was not prepared for what happened later that night. The rest of that evening was pretty uneventful. Being around Danny and Eli seemed to really cheer up Charlie. Charlie was a good kid. I'm glad I was able to save his Halloween experience and distance him from the chaos that was undoubtedly waiting for him back home, at least for a time. I would say around 9 o'clock was when we dropped Charlie back off at his house. Shauna answered the door and thanked me for looking after him. I could tell she was very upset about the situation. Me and my brothers came back home and after watching a horror movie and going through the candy, I then made them wash up and get ready for bed. After the boys fell asleep, I settled down in my room and began going through my phone. Just as I was starting to nod off, I was then startled by a really loud smack at my bedroom window. I could hear a muffled voice coming from the other side. I couldn't make out what was being said, but I clearly heard a male voice saying the word motherfucker multiple times. Don't ask me how, but I just somehow knew what was going on. Now, you may be thinking that someone may have been trying to break in, or maybe some psychopath was lurking around the backyard with a knife, but I promise you what was actually going on is much dumber than you could possibly imagine. I recognized the voice that was outside my bedroom window. It belonged to a guy named Derek. He was a scrawny jackass who used to go to my school but he was expelled for dealing drugs in the bathroom. A real winner. He, of course, had an on-and-off relationship with Shelly. As I said, I knew why he was outside my house knocking on my window. I believe that Shelly had reached out to him after I turned her down and concocted some bullshit story about me being rude to her or something, and this dork had the audacity to come and provoke me at my home. I have a zero-tolerance policy for anyone who comes to my home looking for trouble, I calmly got up and walked to my back porch and saw Derek looking right into my bedroom window, which was next to the porch. Shelly was standing behind him with her arms crossed. I opened the door and stepped out into the back porch. As soon as I did, I was assaulted by a freight train of insults from the two delinquents. Derek had a pocket knife in his hand and was walking up the porch steps towards me. As soon as I saw the knife, I immediately sprung into action. I rushed right for him and shoved him backwards off the steps. He then hit the ground hard. Before he even had a chance to get up, 
I was towering over him and hitting him in the face with a closed fist. After about the second or third blow, I could see that he was out cold. Blood was gushing from his nose and mouth, and he was twitching really badly. I knew if I continued pounding on him, he'd be drinking through a straw for the rest of his life, and I really didn't want that on my conscience. I got off of Derek and looked over to Shelly, who was standing there with a look of absolute shock all over her face. I was so disgusted with her, and I gave her some parting words. Did you seriously ditch your brother tonight so you could get with this idiot and come after me? That's really fucking sad, Shelly. You're so pathetic. Get the hell off my property. I'm calling the police. It wasn't until I turned around and started walking back up the porch steps that Shelly started shouting at me. You son of a bitch! I know gang members! They're gonna come back here and kick your ass! I shit you not, when I turned back around, there were two police officers that appeared behind Shelly with their guns drawn. Shelly was still shouting at me, completely unaware that the cops were literally right behind her. All I could do was smile and fold my arms and watch as Shelly's face turn completely pale when one of the officers then told her, Shut up and put your hands in the air. After everything was said and done, Derek was taken to the hospital with a concussion, a broken nose, and several missing teeth. He would face trespassing charges as soon as he recovered. Shelly was kicked out of her house for the stunt she pulled that night, and I haven't seen her since. I do sincerely hope that she learned a lesson that night and that she's turned her life around for the better. There's a couple of more things I'd like to say before the story ends. The first is that if you have younger brothers or sisters, you should make sure they enjoy their Halloween, even if that means you have to cancel your own plans. Halloween is a very special night for children, and there's only a handful of years they have to really enjoy it. The second is that if you show up at someone's house with a knife threatening them, you better have a good dental insurance plan. I'm a 31-year-old female, and I live in Canada. Since it's close to Halloween, what better time to share a really scary experience that happened to me than when I was 18 and around there? I absolutely love October, Halloween, and horror. I live near a large popular park with a zoo, and they host events sometimes during the spooky season. At the time, they were having a Halloween event with food, candy, activities, as well as scares. The theme of this night was Sleepy Hollow. I, of course, was so stoked. I mean, I love Sleepy Hollow. I ended up going with my mom, brother, aunt, and cousin. It was cold that night and held the unsettling yet magical atmosphere October has. We had to wait outside in a line for a long-ass time, but finally made it inside the gates. We went to different booths and attractions. Time was passing fairly quickly, but everything was super cool and going well. There was one more thing that I wanted to see before we left. No one else wanted to go through this course with me that was Sleepy Hollow-based, so I just decided to go alone. This park is built into a really wooded area, and they had hired people who dressed in costumes. There was a long, creepy trail that you had to go down to get through the course. I had a pit in my stomach, and I thought that maybe I shouldn't go, but some of the actors then snapped at me. Hey, are you going or what? Hurry up. Make up your mind. It's not that scary. Are you scared? 
So right at the last minute, I thought, what the hell? Why not? So I entered, and there was no going back. I slowly made my way down the path which had thick fog and some dim Halloween colored lights along the way, so I could see where I was going for the most part. I turned around and I saw my family walk away in the distance. Oh, just great, I thought. They told me that they were going to go on the other side of the trail so that when I was done they'd be there waiting for me, but I had saw them going in a different direction. I turned back around and most of the actors were now behaving how they usually do at attractions. Get in your face, pull on your sleeve, say creepy or dumb crap to you, the usual. As I made my way down the trail, it started getting darker and there was less lighting but the same amount of fog. There was also less actors the further I got. I ran into Jason who had grabbed onto my sleeve and then followed me a few steps, then moved to someone else. I told him, dude, cool costume, and then kept going. Who doesn't love Jason? He's definitely one of my favorite horror movie characters. There was also a few actors dressed as a clown, witch, and a vampire, and they had circled me around laughing like morons and kept trying to get in my way, pretty much just prancing in a circle, but then they moved on to other people. Now, here's the thing about me. I really love horror things and dressing up, and I understand that these actors' jobs are to scare people. However, I don't like being pushed, grabbed, or to have people in my face when people act over the top. It's just really not cool to me and they need to know where to draw the line. This is the very reason why I don't go to events like this anymore. So after I made it past the group of a really annoying prancers, I then picked up my pace. It was getting really colder out and darker. I started to have a feeling like something bad was going to happen. Then I thought to myself, this trail is supposed to be Sleepy Hollow themed. Well where the hell was Sleepy Hollow then? A few moments after I thought this, I then heard rustling in the trees. Cue cliche. I then moved back and I was getting ready to run. Who knows, I mean maybe there was a serial killer hiding in the forest. I mean, a few people did get stabbed there before. All of a sudden, a guy dressed up as the headless horseman then popped out of the trees with a real black horse. It was amazing, but it really startled the crap out of me. He said a few lines from the movie, then trotted away down the path behind me. I heard some people's screams and laughs echo in the distance. At least I knew that I wasn't completely abandoned on the trail. I proceeded forward, but felt really creeped out like someone was watching me or something. I started walking faster, arms tucked close to my body, shivering from the cold, and my only focus right now was to get the hell out of here. All of a sudden, there were some actors randomly positioned trying to act scary or high. Not really sure which one. Then there was a really tall guy dressed up as Freddy Krueger. He was standing right in the middle of the trail, staring right at me. I got a really eerie vibe from him and I was ready to throw a punch if he was going to do something to me. I made it past the other actors who were annoying me and I made it to Freddy. Awesome, just my luck. He walked right in front of me. At this point, I really wasn't in the mood anymore for loud mouths to be cackling in my ear, grabbing my clothes, or screaming like lunatics. I just really wanted to find my family now and go home. Now, I'm fairly tall for a girl and I'm not the kind who gets scared easily. 
This guy stood at least six foot two or six foot three, and he wasn't a stick. I then laughed and said, Okay, dude, I'm triggered. Cool costume. Classic movie. Now let me get past you. I go to the left, and he quickly steps in front of me. I go to the right, and he moves in front of me. I try going far left, and then he blocks me yet again. I don't mess around, and I really have a temper. So I get really pissed off, then say, Dude, what the hell is your problem? Some people like you take this crap too far. Now leave me alone and knock it off. I go to walk, and he then pushes right into me, and he won't let me go past him. I snap at him again. Dude, back the hell off. There's gonna be a problem if you don't screw off. You hear me? He then just stands there staring at me. I can hear his heavy breathing. Then a bunch of people come down the path and luckily I'm able to blend in with the crowd and go past him. I then turn around and I see him trying to look for me. He really wasn't focused on anyone else but me. I start jogging trying to get out and I hear heavy footsteps right behind me. Guess who it is? He then grabs my arm. I pull away from him and then he tries grabbing me by the waist, but I manage to run past him. Then he catches up to me, actually grabbing my arm yet again but more forcefully and pulling me towards him. I tell him to let go of my freaking arm or he's going to be sorry. He grips it even tighter now and then he says in a creepy tone, Don't you get it? You're mine. Then goes to grab my other arm and tries dragging me. So I knee him, then shove him really hard and he lets go of me. He tries walking closer to me, and I yell. If you freaking touch me again or stalk me anymore, I'm gonna call the cops and knock you out. Back off. He kinda just stands there, slightly turning his head to the side, and then starts walking slowly towards me. I raise my fist and channel as much anger and hate that I can, and I tell him again to let it go. He then stops walking and stands there. I turn around and run as fast as I can checking ever so often making sure that freak is where I left him. I finally make it to the end and then one of the actors yells, Whoa, 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 slow down. We don't want someone getting hurt because you're running like that. I've had enough and I tell him to shut the hell up. I then tell him about the guy on the trail and that he needs to be dealt with accordingly. The guy kind of looks at me funny and just says, Wait, a guy dressed like Freddy Krueger? I don't think we have an actor dressed like that. Are you sure? I said. How can you not know for sure if you do or not? He says that it's weird, but he'll have to check with the rest of his staff and he'll be back. Afterwards, my family finally shows up and I then fill them in on what happened. We decided to leave, but the guy said that he would definitely tell security as well as his staff. I really doubt he did, though. Right as we're leaving, I decide to turn around one last time to see if Freddy caught up to me and that maybe he's watching me. And I'm not even kidding. He's out in the crowd, away from the attraction, just standing there, making the cutting motion on his neck. I then yell to my family, Look, he's right there! And then he quickly turns away and runs back into the trail into the dark. My mom then said, Let's just forget this and go home. But I replied back with, Shouldn't we go get that staff member again or something? She says no and we go home. I guess I'll never know for sure whether or not this guy was actually a hired actor and took things too far, 
or if he wasn't hired at all and I was really lucky to get away that night. But I know one thing's for certain. I don't go to haunted attractions or events like this anymore. Thank God for my no bullshit personality. Otherwise, who really knows what would have happened? There's been real stories where an actual killer got hired at an event and had a heyday. Sometimes you really never know who you encounter. Happy Halloween, everyone. I hope it's a good one. Hey, everyone. Apologies for the brief interruption on the stories, but I want to talk about today's sponsor, ShipStation. As you all know, the holidays are right around the corner, literally, and it can be a really chaotic time, especially when shipping out all those packages for our loved ones. Between growing your business, managing inventory, and juggling all those orders, you've got a lot going on this holiday season. Make shipping the easiest part of your day with ShipStation. Believe it or not, I have quite a few friends who have their own small businesses through Etsy and even Instagram. And well, ShipStation is their go-to for sending out orders. It's also really great for saving money and getting the best deal when juggling all those orders. Figuring out the best way to ship your orders can really be frustrating and confusing, but ShipStation makes it quick, easy, and convenient. Easily import orders from any sales channel, automate just about any shipping task, spend less time sorting through those orders, and more time doing what you do best, which is growing your business. ShipStation also works with all the major carriers and gives you exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS shipping so you can compare carriers and choose the best solution for you and your customers. With ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies, but without all those contracts or commitments. It's never too early to start prepping for the holiday rush, so get a head start with ShipStation. My listeners can use my offer code CANNIBAL to get a 60-day free trial just in time for the holidays. That's two months of stress-free holiday shipping for free. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter in Cannibal. ShipStation. Make ship happen. This story happened to my brother, and it's told from his perspective. On Halloween of 2017... I went trick-or-treating with my friends, who I'll call Harvey, Michael, and Daniel. We were all around 14 to 15 years old, and really just wanted to make the most of this Halloween, as we would have had so much homework starting the 10th grade, and we'd probably never be able to trick-or-treat again. Anyway, we were walking down this random street at like 9.30, when we saw this one house with like really insane over-the-top Halloween decorations that looked like they cost up to $500. The four of us walked up to the house, and we rang the bell. Some 50-year-old guy opened the door, and then said, No need to yell. Just come in and you'll get your sweets. Daniel told the guy, Uh, can't you just bring the candy out here? The guy didn't even answer, so the four of us just walked away, not saying a single word. But of course, the story wouldn't be scary if it ended here. We were walking down my street when Harvey pointed out, Guys, I think that man is following us. We all looked behind us and we saw that same 50-year-old man walking about 25 feet behind us. 
The four of us then bolted all the way down to my house. We were all way too scared to even think about revealing where I lived to this psycho. We thrust open the front door, entered my house, and locked the door. The four of us were just hyperventilating, as if we had just run like a 75 mile marathon. I was starting to calm down when Michael then said, Dude, look at the window. We all looked, and there he was. The old man was looking through one of my windows. My parents were on vacation at the time, and my older brother was at his friend's Halloween party, so we couldn't tell them. But what really made this horrifying was I could see the guy holding a Saturday night special in his hand. We all ran upstairs and called the police. The officers arrived in 10 minutes. The man wasn't on my property anymore, but we remembered the house he was in. The cops went there, searched the whole place, and then came out with the man in chains. As it turns out, the house was vacant, and the man was a serial killer who had escaped prison a month ago. If my friends and I are ever able to go trick-or-treating again, we're definitely avoiding the street that house is on, and who really knows what the guy would have really wanted to do to my friends and I had we been naive enough to enter that house. I will say, though, I'm really glad this happened when we were teenagers and not like nine years old. All I can say is if you're trick-or-treating, make sure the house owner is completely normal. And if a single thing seems off in the slightest, just walk away. I was 13 years old when this happened on Halloween night in 2015. Since I had been sitting around all day, at 9pm I decided to go for a walk out in the woods. It was one of my favorite things to do, since everything looked so different out in the dark and that there were no people around. I really loved the cool night air and the spooky feeling of the woods and the nearby pond. I'd started walking past my neighbor's blue house when they were having a huge Halloween party. There were flashing lights at the windows and music blaring, and I could hear all the drunk people raving in the yard. But soon enough, I had made it to the quiet woods like I had planned. As I was walking on the forest path, I started to feel very nervous and paranoid. I couldn't really see where I was going, and eventually had to take my earbuds off to be more aware of my surroundings. The feeling of uneasiness started to fade for a moment as I made it through the woods and onto a street near the one I lived on. I turned the corner back to my street, my earbuds back on, and blasting Nightcore, now almost relieved that I was almost home. I started to think I was being stupid for getting so jumpy over nothing, but then a thin figure appeared from behind the still lively blue house, and I immediately tensed back up. As the figure got closer, I placed my house keys between my fingers like I learned from the internet and tried to make out what I was seeing. The figure was a man, fairly tall, bald, and wearing a black suit. He was also ghost white, and due to my poor vision, I literally almost shit myself thinking it was Slenderman himself coming to take me. A moment later though, I noticed that he did in fact have a face, and he had painted it to look like a skull. The man was obviously wasted and he was staggering in a zigzag motion across the empty street right towards me. For a split second, I was hoping he was too hammered to even notice me, but that hope quickly faded as he made his way right to me. I was absolutely paralyzed with fear. My house was only two houses away, but I'd have to get past this unpredictable man and I had no idea if I could outrun him with my asthma. 
Panicking, I was considering other ways to get away from him into safety. Could I turn back and maybe take a long way around to the other end of my street? No. It's dark. There's no one around, and I could definitely not run for that long. Can I make it to my grandma's house? Can't do that either. There's no guarantee that she's awake or even home. As I was trying to decide, my thoughts were interrupted as the man put a hand tightly on my shoulder. He started speaking, but I couldn't hear him properly due to my music still playing in my ears. All I managed to hear was him questioning what girl my age was doing out alone so late at night. I could only stand there and stare. The man then paused, raised his arm, and then pointed a finger to the woods behind the houses and then said something. It was at this point that I decided if I didn't do something, soon my body would definitely end up being found in the woods. I looked at the woods, then at the guy, shook him off, and broke into a full-on sprint past him at my house, crossing some of that blue house's property. At my front door, I was furiously stabbing my key into the old rusting lock with my shaky hands, fearing that any second that man would come grab me from behind and drag me into the dark forest on the other side of my yard. I finally managed to get inside and made sure the door stayed locked before I could finally breathe again. I threw my shoes off and made my way into the basement as my tears started rolling down my face. Sobbing, I had told my older brother what was going on, and together we called our parents who weren't home at the time. They said they would check it out, and we didn't call the police, since it was a little town and no harm was actually done. The next day, my dad had informed me that the drunk man was actually just one of the taxi drivers in our town, and we just never spoke of it again. It's six years later, and I still get extremely nervous going outside after dark, even though I don't live anywhere near that place anymore. I've told this story to my friends a few times, and it honestly sort of annoys me that I didn't get as much as an apology from that guy. I really honestly hate the whole town, and the fact that no one there does anything when things like this happen. I'm glad I live in a bigger place now, where we at least have street lights. After listening to a bunch of Halloween horror stories, it reminded me of something that happened to me when I was 15. For some context, I'm a guy, and I was trick-or-treating with four of my friends who I'll call J, D, A, and T. We wanted to have some extra fun this time for two reasons. One, this was our first time trick-or-treating in what we called our late teens. The second reason was this might have been our last time trick-or-treating because of how busy our life would soon become due to academic reasons. This did turn out to be the case, but not for the reason we thought. We were walking down some random street when we saw a house with insane decorations to the point where we almost thought it wasn't even a house. We walked up to the door, and then before we could even ring the doorbell, some guy opened the door. This alone already put the five of us on alert. He then said, Sorry, we're out. This honestly relieved us, and then we just walked away, not saying a word. We continued walking down the road, and then turned to walk to Jay's house. As we were walking, Dee had stopped us and then pointed out, Yo, who is that? We turned around and then saw a shadow about 75 feet from behind us. We gave it no thought and just continued walking. We eventually made it to Jay's house about 10 minutes later. His parents weren't home, so we could be as loud as we wanted. We had started playing video games in his room, that is, until we heard a scream. What the hell? 
We all turned and yelled when we saw the guy from the house at Jay's window trying to open it. Now, I was in a marching band at my school at the time, but what people didn't know was just how much it developed my legs. I stormed towards the window, opened it with so much force that it would have cracked the wall if I did it any harder, and then I kicked the guy straight in the face. He staggered back, and then I quickly closed the window. This may seem over the top, but I swear it actually happened. We then saw him run away, and we decided to stay the night just to make sure nothing happened to Jay. Why didn't we call the cops? Because we didn't feel like it was necessary that five 15-year-old guys could easily overpower one old guy with a broken nose. But it's not like it mattered, because we never saw him again after that. And thank God for that. This is the first time I've really talked about the story since it happened. I'm only 19, and I've experienced enough scary and traumatizing things for two lifetimes. I'm only 19, and I've honestly experienced enough scary and traumatizing things for two lifetimes. That being said, I'm very street smart, and always have been. I live right in front of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. This particular story happened when I was in 8th grade. Names have been changed for obvious reasons. My friend Jess threw a little Halloween party at her house on the night of Halloween. There were four other girls as well as two guys besides me and Jess. Megan, Cara, Emily, Bella, Chris, and Zach. Everything was going just fine, and we all took pictures in our costumes and then took Jess's little cousin trick-or-treating around the neighborhood for a while. I'd also like to add that this was in a decent neighborhood, and crime doesn't really happen in this area. After taking her cousin trick-or-treating, we went back to Jess's house and grabbed hoodies since it was getting cold out, and we decided to walk around. Jess grabbed her Beats pill, and the eight of us walked around the neighborhood together with the music on low, just barely enough to hear it unless you were near. We didn't see anyone out trick-or-treating anymore, so we decided to go park near Jess's house. It was about nine o'clock or so at this point, so it really wasn't too late at all. The playground and the swings were at least 50 yards from the sidewalk, and you had to walk through a large open field in order to get to it. The playground was hidden due to a bunch of large trees surrounding the playground. You would really only be able to see it if you were walking on the sidewalk or in the trees. Once we got to the playground, we all put our phones and just put our Beats pill on the park bench, and we headed straight to the playground to just hang out. Everybody was all having their own individual conversations with one another, considering there were eight of us. I was sitting next to Cara and Jess in the playground, while Mega, Emily, Bella, and Chris were sitting on those bars slash walls of the playground. Zach was the only one not on the playground. When we all briefly glanced at a group of men with their hoods up, coming right out of the trees near the sidewalk that was about 40 yards away. They weren't doing anything but they were beginning to walk along the sidewalk that we were just on before. We didn't really think anything of it, so we just minded our business and continued chatting amongst each other. About a minute or so later, everybody gets quiet, and Kara jumps up randomly and begins running off the playground. Roughly two seconds later, I see Megan, Bella, Emily, Chris, and Zach all gone and out of sight. Jess and I were sitting on the playground, a bit hidden, and were very confused as to what was going on. I then turned around, and I saw either five or six men, all dressed in black, each wearing masks, all with long knives or metal baseball bats in their hands. 
They weren't running, but they were walking very fast towards us. I knew there was something wrong the second I saw their demeanor, almost like they were up to something. And for anyone asking how I knew they were men, they were very tall and had a really big build underneath whatever they were wearing. I looked at Jess and she was just as scared as I was, considering all our friends had left us behind without even saying a word. The men were right next to the park benches that we had left our phones on, still walking fast. And Jess, not thinking clearly, decides to run up to the park bench and grab her Beats pill, out of fear that they were going to steal it. I waited for her, because I knew I couldn't live with it if she got caught by them. At this point, Jess starts running back towards me so we can get the hell out of there. Jess and I start panicking on what to do or where to go, because this park is so secluded and all we're surrounded by is trees. I turn to see where my friends went, and I see a couple of them climbing rocks that led to a fence that basically has nothing but forest behind it. That's when I then see a couple of the men start chasing after them on the rocks, and I instantly had to think because I knew that the other men were coming up right behind Jess and I. Jess and I ran towards the end of the fence because we knew we wouldn't get up the rocks fast enough. Jess immediately made it to the other side of the fence where our other friends were, while I being the 4 foot 11 girl that I am was absolutely struggling to get over the fence. I looked to my left to see where the men were, and two men were sprinting right towards me as they noticed I was struggling to get over the fence. And I swear, maybe five seconds before one of the men caught up to me, I was actually able to make it over. At this point, I didn't know where anybody was, and I was all alone. I could see the two men getting ready to hop the fence to come after me, and that's when I took off running. I tried to stay low though because I knew that the other three men were still around somewhere and I didn't know if they had my friends or what the hell was going on. My first instinct was to find the first house I could with the lights on and luckily enough it wasn't long before I did. I ran straight through their backyard and then started pounding on their door without a single care in the world of how creepy that must have been for them. Luckily they were having a party too and after I explained the whole situation quickly the guys in that house went out into the trees to go find these men and go look for my friends. All of my friends and I were safely at this house by this point, but the men that went to go look for them weren't back yet. The ladies in the house called the cops and explained the situation, and about five minutes later, the guys from the house came back, and one of them had actually been punched in the face. The cops eventually arrived and checked everywhere we had been. They didn't even see anybody walking in the area but they did find all our phones still sitting on the bench where we left them. This might not be that scary to some, but it was truly terrifying for me and those I was with, considering we weren't bothering anybody. One of the guys trying to help us got punched. They all had weapons of some sort, and they clearly weren't trying to rob us or they would have taken our phones that were right there. I never found out who those men were or what their intentions were with their weapons. All I know is I never went to a park late at night ever again. And neither should you. I actually had a pretty decent scare back when I was 14. And I'm in my early 20s now. So some of the more intricate details are a little hazy. But I'll try to tell it as accurately as I can remember. So the story happened on Halloween night in 2013. Me and my three friends, Dallas, AJ, and Infernee, had all collectively decided that we would meet up at my house to begin trick-or-treating, as my house was located right next to the wealthier neighborhood in the city. 
Our game plan to maximize our trick-or-treating efficiency was to start off in my house, then work our way down towards the nice neighborhood, and then loop around. Before we began, Anfernee mentioned that he had bought some weed, and so we all smoked some in the alleyway by my house before we began. We made our way through my neighborhood, in a decent bit into the nice neighborhood before we decided to start heading back so we could get to the houses on the opposite side of the street as we started making our way towards my house. Unfortunately, it was already pretty late at this point, and so a lot of the houses had already started turning off their lights. By the time we were almost out of the nicer neighborhood, just about every house had turned their lights off, except for this one that was attached to a bunch of other townhouses. We being the desperate candy-starved teenagers that we were, weren't going to let the late hour of the night sway us from our potential earnings. So we all made our way up onto the porch and rang the doorbell. We waited for a decent bit, probably a good 30 seconds, before we finally heard some loud thumping behind the door. It was an older male, probably in his early 40s. He answers the door in a stained tank top and a pair of denim boxers. The guy looked like he hadn't showered or shaved in like a solid week, but he did seem pretty nice though, despite his appearance, and he made some sort of joke about us being the only trick-or-treaters out there, as we had stayed out later than everyone else, and so we deserved a better reward than the rest of them. He told us to wait there just for a moment while he went and got some treats for us. None of us really found his appearance weird, and I partially blamed the weed that we'd smoked earlier as we weren't as paranoid about him as much as we were paranoid that some cops would see us walking down the street and somehow know that we smoked. We heard his thumping footsteps as he walked around his house, and then a couple of minutes later, he then came back with some black DVD boxes. He held them out like a deck of cards, and he told us to take what we wanted. As he said this, he cracked a smile, and I remember thinking about just how gross his yellow jagged teeth were. We looked at the covers, and they were all adult movies, some of them not even featuring females on the cover. AJ made a comment about the movies, saying we just wanted candy, but the guy just smiled wider with his crooked yellow teeth, seeming to stick out of his mouth, and then he said, I know what kids your age like to do. Don't worry. It's okay. You can trust me. I'm cool. At this point, me and my friends all began awkwardly shuffling away from the porch, politely declining his offer, when the man put his hands on his underwear, then started rubbing himself as he begged us to stay and then come inside so we could watch movies together. He said that he'd let us eat all the candy we want and other really disturbing things. While he was still going on his tangent, me and my friends all collectively decided to book it towards my house pillowcases full of candy awkwardly being shuffled in our arms. We ran out of the nice neighborhood and down this large hill that the nice neighborhood sat on top of, before forking it left onto the city street that would lead to my house. Before we made it out of the nice neighborhood, I remember looking back and seeing the grown man chase after us for the first part, but then giving up shortly after and going back into his house. We eventually made it to my house and went directly into the basement through a set of stairs that was in the back of my house. While we were in there, we all collectively talked about just how insane what happened was, and we wondered if the weed we smoked had made it seem weirder or maybe more normal than it actually was. Either way, we egged his house the next day and we never went back there for Halloween ever again.
This event occurred when I was 10 years old on Halloween night. At the time, I was still a stick-thin girl with nothing to actually distinguish that I was a girl. Especially since earlier that year, I decided I didn't want to be confused with my twin sister anymore. So I'd gotten a pixie cut and I had began dressing in black. At the time, I had no girlfriends, but up the road half a mile was my friend Austin and another mile and a half up, Quinn. I had really become close with them and would often go exploring and fishing with them, so it was only natural that we decided that the three of us would go trick-or-treating together. Compared to Austin in my neighborhood, Quinn's was the more wealthier one, so in hopes of getting the best candy, we decided we'd go to Quinn's. I had been to Quinn's house a few times, but most of the time we hung out, we'd walk another mile up from Quinn's to the Rudders, which was our local gas station for Slurpees, and then another two miles down from my house to the park and lake. So Austin and I weren't too familiar with this neighborhood and the ones around it. But I digress. My mother had a new boyfriend at the time, so she didn't really care what I was doing. She would have gotten mad if she'd known I was hanging out with boys again. It was Pennsylvania, so it was super cold. So any costume I had on was pretty much covered with my jacket and leggings. I had been a dark fairy, so you could still guess what I was just because of the black sparkly wings. Anyways, I had left early to go walk to Austin's house. When I got there, I had to ask Austin what he was because he was in a white button-up, black dress pants, as well as a tie and a heavy black jacket over it. He moved his jacket to show me the cheap sheriff's badge attached to his belt and told me he was a detective. I had laughed and his parents shoot us away. I remember his dad grumbling about what was a boy doing with sparkly wings when I then realized he'd been talking about me, which definitely dampened my spirits. Austin's dad was drinking though, so I didn't correct him. Austin attempted to cheer me up the entire way to Quinn's house, and soon all was forgotten. Quinn's house was the biggest house I had ever been at at the time. It was in a really nice neighborhood with houses on each side that looked just like his. Quinn's mother welcomed us warmly, and she had gave us treats to start off our trick-or-treating. Quinn definitely had the best costume of all of us. A realistic-looking Grim Reaper robe with a black screen over the face, with red glowing eyes, and a plastic bloody sheath. Quinn's neighborhood was swamped with kids from my school, and soon we had gone through almost the entire neighborhood, with our bags really weighing us down. It was getting late, but Quinn wanted us to continue on, and Austin and I were in no rush to go home, so we agreed despite how dark it was getting. Quinn had told us that there was a shortcut to the other neighborhood through his backyard if we went down the hill and then through the trees for a while. Now, that kind of freaked me out, but being the only girl, I wasn't about to let on that I was scared. So I gulped when this was suggested, but nodded my approval, and off we went. Quinn had taken off his mask to better see as we stumbled down Quinn's backyard and decides to leave his sheath behind. We start through the woods and within about five minutes of walking and joking, we all then realized that none of us had thought to bring a flashlight. But it was fall so there were no leaves on the trees and light from the moon really helped to light up the way, if only enough not to walk into a tree. Austin asks how much longer, and I can tell by the hitch in his voice that he likes this shortcut just about as much as I do. Before Quinn can answer, 
we hear a crunch from somewhere up ahead of us, and we all freeze as Quinn sticks up a hand in the air to silence us. Did you guys hear that? Quinn says. I remain silent, but Austin snorts and replies. Stop it, Quinn. That's not going to work. You're not going to scare us. Quinn gasps and then says, I'm not joking. I really thought I heard something. And before I can tell them both just to keep walking, a shape in the darkness catches my eyes. It's up ahead of us, maybe 20 feet. It's dark, so I can't really distinguish anything. But it's only a moment later that no guessing is needed. Well, hey there, boys. Came a strange man's reply from the spot. Quinn and Austin turn in horror as the man continues to walk towards us. What? Uh, Who are you? Stammers Quinn. With this, a deep laugh bellows out of the man. Oh, me? I'm the devil. This whole time he's walking closer to us. But in the silhouette of darkness, I see no signs of this man wearing a costume. No horns or anything. This is my property. What are you doing in the woods? Quinn demands, sounding less brave with each syllable. Oh, me? Uh, I'm just out for a stroll. I don't really get out nearly as often as I'd like. He responds smoothly. Now he's about ten feet from us halfway picking out from behind a tree. Quinn, let's just get out of here, I say. But Quinn, in a moment of bravery or stupidity, which is debatable, yells out to the man. What the hell's wrong with you? Stop talking to us. We're just trying to get through. And with that, Quinn nudges Austin and I and begins making a wide turn around the man, who silently watches us and spins around the tree with just his head and hands sticking out to watch us as we walk past. Austin then says to me, It's Halloween. He's just trying to scare us. I don't respond. Just keep my eyes locked on the man. He then yells, I hope I haven't scared you boys. I just really like your costumes. Why don't you come closer and let me have a better look? Immediately that comment sent up red flags to me, because you couldn't tell what Austin was, especially at a distance, and with Quinn's hood and sheath gone, you couldn't tell what he was either. That left me, and I didn't like that. Hey you, boy with the wings, come over here. Let me help you fly. And with that, he just started laughing again. Now, I had been getting bullied for how short my hair was and Quinn and Austin knew how much it hurt me every time I was mistaken for a boy, so they had taken up to sticking up for me, and unfortunately, tonight was no exception. Hey, stop talking to her, you creep! Austin yelled, and with that, he picked up a rock and threw it at the man. It bounced off the tree where the man was half-covered, and the man suddenly did a creepy little half-jump, half-dance, and clapped his hands. Uh, her? You're a girl? That's even better. And with that, he much like a wild animal bounded forward, hands first on all fours. I immediately dropped my candy and all three of us began screaming our heads off and running. I don't think he chased us long, but with the crunching under our feet and our screams, it was pretty much impossible to tell. I quickly had to abandon my wings too, as they continued to get stuck to branches as we weaved through the trees in pure terror. We didn't stop until we made it through the trees and onto a well-lit street. 
though there were very few kids out at this point anyway. We were now over 15 minutes away from Quinn's house and probably an hour plus walk back to my house and it was only getting later. Quinn had dropped his bag too. Only Austin kept his, clutching it like it were a child. We took the long lit way back to Quinn's house in almost complete silence, terrified the man would appear again, but he didn't. When we actually made it, we frantically explained what happened, and though sympathetic, Quinn's mom said we couldn't call the police. She said that nothing had happened, and we had no description of the man, and that it was Halloween. The man was probably long gone, and also was almost definitely just trying to scare us. She drove Austin and I home, and I ended up getting grounded for being out so late, and also leaving my costume behind. I didn't even bother to explain what had happened, and she didn't seem to notice that I had no candy. The next day, though, I couldn't go out because I was grounded. Quinn came over with his mom and gave me a bag of candy that they had bought because he knew I had lost mine in the woods. We never talked about it again after that, all convincing ourselves that it was probably just some creepy Halloween prank that went too far. So did the devil or whoever you are. I really, really hope to never see you again, and especially on Halloween.